I want to welcome you this morning to Remnant Church. And to those who are watching online, I want to welcome you as well today. We welcome you. So glad that you could be with us today. And do me a favor, if you're watching this on social media, share it so that more people can hear what the Word of God uh, this morning. I want you to turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. As you know, I've been preaching, and I'm going to continue preaching, from the series Restart. The Restart series. Um, if you remember, I gave you four keys last week. Four keys for a successful restart. I'm going to go over really quickly these four keys and try to get them right. That'd be good if I get them right since I preached them last week, right? The first one is this. The first key for a successful restart is you must refocus. And I talked about how things can get out in front of us and things can take place of number one where Christ should be number one. Things can get in that place and when that happens, our life gets out of focus. We talked about being to we talked about we talked about refocusing. Then we talked about after we have examined ourselves and checked our focus, then we must repent. And then after repentance comes this wonderful time that's promised to us in Acts chapter 2, verse 9, of refreshing. There's a great refreshing that follows repentance. And then the last key to a successful restart is renewing our mind. I think this is actually the most important key because what happens on Sunday needs to take place, needs to follow out through the rest of the week, right? A lot of times we get caught up on something that happens Sunday but never carries over to Monday. That's where the renewing of our mind is so important. What I talked about was this. After you refocus and you repent, you see that the Holy Spirit is saying this is wrong in your life and you repent of it. If it's wrong on Sunday, Tuesday you need to renew your mind and say if it was wrong on Sunday, it's wrong on Monday. If it's right on Sunday, it's right on Monday. So that renewing your mind takes those three keys and applies them every day during the week. And today I want to talk about, continue to talk about, a restart. Today I want to talk about these two thoughts. A restart is necessary. A spiritual restart now, mind you. A restart is necessary, but a restart is also possible. See, some of you think you've messed up too much, you've done, got too far away from God or however you want to word it. But I want you to know that not only is a restart necessary, but it's possible for you. But you don't know what I've done. I don't care to know what you've done. Jesus knows what you've done. And he says a restart is possible for you. You don't know how I've relapsed. Well, I know a restart is possible for you. You don't know how dark of a situation I'm in. I know that Jesus is the light of the world and he can snatch you out of darkness and place you into his light. You don't know the depression and the fear that I'm dealing with, yeah, but I know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I know that he said this, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. A restart, a spiritual restart is possible for you. 
I want you to look at Acts chapter 2, and I want to talk about for just a moment the fact that it's necessary. Acts chapter 2, verse 5. I've got a new Bible that my uh, wife, my kids bought me for Father's Day. Now, this is hard for me to read from a new Bible because my old Bible's like my security blanket. I know where everything is in my old Bible. I can open up the page and preach out of my old Bible because I got notes in my old Bible. See what I'm saying? I don't have my old Bible. Say he don't have his old Bible with him. Pray for the preacher this morning. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5. It's going to read a little different than what you got on the screen, but it'll make sense. Remember how far you have fallen. This is John the Revelator writing what the revelation that Jesus has given him. He said, write this down, and he wrote it down, and this is what he wrote. Remember then how far you have fallen and repent. And do the works, listen now, you did at first. Do your first works over again. That sounds like a restart to me, doesn't it, do you? It says start back, go back to what you were doing. You know, I, uh, I hear a lot of preachers talk about going, doing a new thing. God giving you a new thing, doing a new thing in your life. And I agree, and I understand what they're saying, but I believe in God's Word. A lot of times, He's not asking us to do a new thing. He's taking us back to an old thing. He's, he's wanting us to go back to when mercy was fresh and rich and grace was fresh on our minds and the Spirit of the Lord was real in our hearts and lives. And church wasn't just something that we went to, it's who we were. And praise and worship for the first 30 minutes of the service wasn't just something that we got through so that we could hear the preacher preach. It's something that we were and it's something that we participated in. And church wasn't just a Sunday thing, but it was a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday. It was, it's, it's where you get back to the place where you're not just loving ministry, but you are in love with the minister, Jesus Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about going back going back to a place everything gets all messed up and out of whack and, and, and the Holy Spirit says go back go back to the basics go back to where you didn't know nothing but you were a sinner and by my grace I saved you rescued you. Talking about a spiritual restart. He said, go back and do your first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Friend, it doesn't take a scholar to understand that at times, a spiritual restart is necessary. Now I could close the book and we could go home and you can do what you want to do with that. But not only do I want to show you that it's necessary, I want to show you that a restart is so very possible. That God has made a way by His grace and mercy for you to have a spiritual restart. I want to show you in, in, in a, one scripture found in the 30th Psalm, 
Verse 5. I love this scripture. Oh, man, this is one if you need to memorize scripture, you want to memorize, you better memorize this one. This comes right after John 3.16. This ought to be the next one. Because after you get saved, you're going to go through some stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody in here been through some stuff? You're going to face some trials. You're going to have tribulation. Everything isn't going to go like it ought, like you always want it to go. Help me, somebody. You need to know this verse. This verse shows the character of God, and then it shows the promise of God. I got four points. Say four. That's all. It's going to be short. And they all come from this verse. You ready? For his anger endureth but a moment. Yeah, y'all to shout right there. Oh, y'all know some of y'all done make God really angry. Way y'all acting. Crazy, foolish things we do. Huh? Come on. Yeah. We'll talk about it in just a minute. His anger endureth but for a moment. His favor is forever. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. My first point is this. His anger only lasts for a moment. Now we're going to have to look at this verse for just a second. Because if I read this verse and I believe what this verse says, then I have to understand that sometimes some things that I do make God angry. Some of you don't, want to li- don't like the fact that you, God, the God we serve gets angry at times, but can I remind you he does get angry? Just ask Noah. God made it rain for 40 days and 40 nights. You don't think Jesus, the Son of God, got angry? Do you remember in the Gospels where he walked into the temple? And they weren't, they weren't praising God and they weren't praying, but yet they were selling things. And he turned over the t- temp, uh, tables and he got out his whip and he ran them out. That was anger. But the Bible says his anger only lasts, for, somebody say it, for a moment. Now all of us in here right now ought to be standing on our feet and shouting this place down. Because see, you, and, and the, the reason that you're not is because you must not have people in your life like I got in my life. People that get angry at you and they block you. Huh? They get angry at you, they won't talk to you never again. They just cut you off for five or six days. You don't hear from them, you don't see them, you don't know nothing about them. You, they, done, they not only unfriended you, but they blocked you. Not only did they block you, they done reported you to somebody. They done took your name out of their contacts on their phone. Their anger don't last for a moment. Their anger lasts for a long time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Talking about, get hey, they'll run you down. They'll run you out. Anybody know? Maybe you live with somebody like that. I don't. But you might. You might. Says his anger only lasts for a moment. Just a little bit. So there are some things that we do that 
anger God. But watch this. He says, my anger lasts for a moment. But my favor, somebody stand in front of the doors because I don't want nobody running and running into each other when y'all shout all over this building in just a minute. Anger lasts for a moment, but favor is forever. Favor, the goodness of God, that means the delight, the fact that he delights in us lasts forever. He gets angry, but he can't stay angry because he has mercy and he has grace. I thank God for favor. Some of y'all don't think y'all need the favor of God, but I'm telling you, I can't live a day. I can't walk a mile. I can't take a step without the favor of God. I'm going to need the favor when I'm young. I need the favor when I'm old. I need the favor when I'm going in and I need favor when I'm coming out. You need favor when you're sick. You need favor when you get married. You need favor when you got some kids. You need the favor of God. When you, when you stand up for a promotion that you ain't qualified to get, you need the favor of God. You see the thing about favor? He tells us this. Favor makes me want to do right when I want to do wrong. Favor does. Favor wants to help. Did you hear what I said? It makes me want to do right when I want to do wrong. What do I mean by that? The Bible says the goodness of the Lord leads a man unto repentance. See, David said it like this. No matter where I go or no matter what I do or no matter what valley I'm having to walk through, even if it be the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Then he goes on to talk about the rod and the staff. They comfort me. But what I like at the end, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's favor. When I want to get in line, mercy says, get out of line. Mercy says, no, you better get back in here. When I want to go the wrong way, grace says, no, you better come this way. When I want to say the wrong thing, favor says, no, you better not say nothing. You understand what I'm saying today about the favor of God. And this favor lasts forever. The favor I, I thank God for his favor. A restart is possible because God never unfavors me. The reason I can restart is because God is a God of the restart. God is a God of snatching you out of a place that you never should have been in. God is a God of restoring things that you thought you lost and would never get back. That's the kind of God that I serve. Yeah, he gets angry with me. He, he shakes his head sometimes. But his anger, Jody, only lasts for a moment. Favor comes in. And favor 
See, favor provides provision for forgiveness. You want to write something down, write that down. Favor, what'd I say? Favor provides provision for forgiveness. His favor does. His favor is another chance. Aren't you glad you serve a God of not a second chance? Because you blew that the second day after you got saved. Aren't you glad that he, some of y'all blew it that afternoon? Come on, let's get real. Some of you never got out of church good for you done needed to rededicate your life to God. <laughs> I know some of you, especially some of you watching online. But God can't stay angry with us because he gave his son Jesus to provide forgiveness for us. He can't stay in this state of condemnation and guilt because, listen, he loves us. My mic just went off. Can you tell? This wouldn't be a big deal. I could keep on talking, but they can't hear anything I'm saying on the other side of that camera. So it's a big deal. Right now, I'm just talking. I don't have a clue what I'm saying. Here we go. I'm on. Praise the Lord. God ain't angry. He might be, but it's just for a moment. But favor is forever. Now, I want to look at this for just a moment. The Bible says that favor is forever, but then he says, weeping may endure for a night. Now, here's some promises. He tells us weeping may endure for a night. I don't know what you got going on in your life, but have you ever been in a season of weeping? Brokenness? Maybe over something stupid that you've done? Huh? Some of, the big, some of the biggest tears I've ever cried was for some stupid things that I've done in my own life. Can I get a witness? Maybe you're crying over something stupid you've done, or, or maybe not. Maybe you're crying because of a loss, something, something in your life that happened that you had no control over, and you're in a season of weeping. Look what it says. It says, weeping may endure. That's a funny word to use. That word endure means lodging. Staying overnight. Not staying forever, but just staying the night. See, God puts restrictions on weeping. Now, you're going to have to pay attention for just a moment. I don't want to bore you, but I want to share what God showed me. He puts restrictions on seasons of weeping. Uh, I told my wife never to share this, and I'm fixing to share it. I said, if you ever tell this, it's so embarrassing. Don't tell my family. 
Don't tell anybody. Here I am on, don't tell the world. I'm fixing to gossip about myself. I'm fixing to make fun of myself. Y'all love that, don't you? The reason I'm doing that is because I want you to get this. Me and my wife, I think it was last year, towards the end of the year, we went to the mountains. We stayed at a beautiful place, Gatlinburg. Oh, we had such a wonderful time. It was great. Had the kids. They were acting right. We went to a lot of places. Had a lot of fun. The last day, I said, I'm going up to the top of that mountain. So that's what we done. We got in our car, and I drove, and I drove, and I drove. It was the last day before we went home the next morning. I drove, and I got up there. I mean, I got so high that it then got cold. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Getting hard to breathe. People getting scared that was riding with me because you looked over, and there's just nothing but death <laughs> over the side. Hanging on by, by the rubber of our tires. And I just, I, I meant I was going all the way up. We stopped every now and then. I was going to stop when they made me stop. I kept on going, I kept on going, having a wonderful time. I was going home the next day, having my reservations for the next day to leave that morning. I got a phone call. While, while I was, felt like I was on Mount Everest, I got a phone call. I ignored it the first time because it was from, some, I didn't know where it was from. I didn't know the area code, I thought, I had somebody call them telling me my insurance is out on my car. You know who I'm talking about, those people they call you to? So I said, I'm not answering the phone. Well, then the same number rung again. I said, no, nah, that's not like them insurance folks. They don't call back to back. So I answered the phone, and I'm, did I tell you I was going way up the mountain? Did I tell you? Having a blast. Wasn't going home till next, next morning, right? I get this call, and I answer it. They say, is this Caleb Lancaster? I said, absolutely. Having the time of my life up here on top of your greatest mountain here in Gatlinburg, almost to the top. He said, uh, Mr. Lancaster, uh, we, uh, we're cleaning your room. I thought, man, isn't this nice? This beautiful cabin. Not only, I mean, not only does it look good and nice, and beds are comfortable, they're even coming in here while I'm gone to clean up my room, my cabin. Not my hotel room now, my cabin. I thought, boy, this, this is some vacation. He said, yeah, we were cleaning up your room. I said, well, nice, that's great. He said, yeah, but we're wondering why all your stuff's in here. I said, excuse me? They said, yeah, your reservation was up this morning. Did I tell you I was up on top of the mountain? <laughs> I, said, I said, no, you're mistaken. There ain't no way I'd have done something. That's ignorant. See, I made the reservations. I handled all that stuff. I had nobody else to blame. I said, there's no way you must have made a mistake. They said, no, 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 you were supposed to check out this morning. I said, well, I'm up way up here on top of this mountain. I'm going to have to come down. I thought... I said, so I'll get there just as soon as I can. I'll get all my stuff out. I said, well, you're going to have to hurry because the next person's wanting to get in. I thought, boy, this is embarrassing. 
I got down, started going down the mountain, and I said, I'm going to look at my email because I know I didn't do this. This is something that I would not do. I looked at my email, and sure enough, it said I checked out that day. See, they just don't let you stay as long as you want to. Well, not without paying. You got a time to check in, and you got a time to check out. Let me say this about that story. My wife was so nice about that. She didn't get angry or ugly or cuss me out or throw me over the top of the mountain. No, she was very sweet and very nice. And I've never seen her pack as fast as she did that day. We packed our Nissan full. See, they had a restriction. You, can't, you couldn't come in before three, just check in, and then I was supposed to be out by 11. See, the Lord puts a restriction on weeping. Some of y'all been in the season way too long because you didn't know there was some restrictions. See, weeping starts, but weeping has to end. And the Bible says that weeping can lodge for the night, but in the morning, it's got to go. My third point is this, weeping just came to spend the night, but it's got a restriction. I want to tell somebody what the Lord told me this week. You've been going through it. You've been weeping. Your heart's been broken. But can I tell you, a spiritual restart is possible. The Lord said, morning is coming. Weeping has to go. Hey, it ain't moving in. It just stayed the night. Don't let it stay there any longer than it's supposed to. Joy comes in the morning. My fourth point is that. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping lasts for a night. But the joy. The Bible says it's the joy. Joy is our strength. See, you've been through it. You've shed tears. You've done things that even angered God but his favors forever. Weeping only came to spend the night. It did not come to stay. And no matter what you've been through, the Lord said, my mercy is new every morning. My grace is new every morning. See, I'm looking at some people who have don't look like, who don't look like what they've been through because they know that it's the joy of the Lord that is their strength. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? I just come by this way now. I'm going to start hollering. I just come by this way to tell you I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what they said about you. I don't know how long you've been crying, but I want to give you a word from the Lord today. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy. <coughs> strength. Strength and joy. You think I don't think I can take? An, I, I don't think I can go another step. I don't think I can take another mile. I don't think I can do this. Can I remind you 
That morning is coming. That morning is coming. And morning is full of joy. Strength to get up, face another day. You know, I thought about this COVID and all the other stuff that's going on. And I thought, you know what? This is, this is nothing but another mark in the staff. You don't know what I'm talking about. But shepherds, they'd carry a staff. And a lot of times, after they had defeated something like a bear or a lion, They'd strike it with a staff. They'd beat it. They'd kill it with their bare hands. The Bible says that's what David done. And then they'd take and mark on their staff another victory. Do you hear me? Another victory. Another time that God has brought me through. I'm telling you, get out your staff. Get your journal out. Write on your refrigerator. I don't know what you got to do, but you need to start making marks. Because I believe COVID is just another bear that's going to be slayed. That this, what we're going through, is just another giant that's going to have its head cut off. It's just another mark on the staff. You may have seen me when I was down, but can I tell you, that was chapter four and there's five chapters in this book and I'm not writing it. Jesus is the author and the finisher of my story and it's just a no, it may look bad, but it's just another victory. It's just another mark. I've done some weeping. I've done some stupid stuff to make God angry. But favor lasts forever. And weeping only lasts for the night. But joy comes in the morning. Stand with me all across the building. I don't know what you're facing. Musicians and singers, be a fine time to come up here. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's going on in your life. For those of you who are online, I don't know what has set you back. I don't know what you're weeping over. But I know this, hear me church, joy comes in the morning. I don't know about you. I'm not, I'm not okay with just sitting back and saying what will be, will be. Let it play its course. Oh, I can't do that. When I know his favor rests upon me, his goodness Look at me, look at me. His favor 
is upon you. Yeah, personal. You've got to get this. This is not a preacher thing. This is not a pastor thing. The goodness of God is resting upon you. Some people take your name out of their contacts. Stay angry at you forever. God's anger only lasts for a moment and it's overridden by His great goodness. His great mercy. Yeah, give Him praise. His great grace. I don't know about you, but I have desperately, desperately needed His favor. I need it now. I needed it yesterday. I'll need it tomorrow. And He says it's there. What are, what are you, what's keeping you now? from a spiritual restart. You've been knocked down, so what? Get up. You've fallen. You relapse. You've fallen the flesh. Get up. Follow the Spirit. His anger lasts for a moment. His mercy, His grace. Don't make me preach it again. It's forever. Is there anybody in this building, in this room today who would say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. Restart is necessary. I heard what you said today. Restart is possible. Is there anybody who would say, I need a restart in my life? Right now, all across this building is people. We're not that different from each other. Some of us may have different color skin. Some of us may live in different neighborhoods. Some may have hair. Some may not. I don't. But really, when it cuts down to it, we ain't that different. Would there be anybody in here that would say today by raising their hand, and we're not closing our eyes and bowing our heads, who would say today, I need a spiritual restart? If that's you, raise your hand right now. Come on, don't be ashamed. Raise it up. Don't raise it just because I want you to. Raise it because you want to. Yeah. Several hands all across this building. Let me ask you online. Is there anybody who would say, I need a spiritual restart? Pastor, I hear what you said. It's possible. God is so rich in mercy and goodness. He's a God of the, of the restart. You would say, I need to restart today. Would you say that? If that's you, you're in. You're in luck. Because God is a God of the restart. God is a God of restart. You know, they sing a song. I hope they're firing it up now. They sing a song. They sung it a while ago. It was the third song they sang. 
that says your word or something like that. Huh? One word from you that talks about the authority of the word of God and how it changes situations. Just one word, that's what you need today. And I just gave you the word. You raised your hand online. You said, I need a restart. They're going to sing this song. This is how we're going to close out this service today. No, we're not. That ain't how God wants to do it. You raised your hand and said you still hold that song. You said you needed a restart. We're going to pray. We'll close the service with singing, but we're going to pray for you. If you raise your hand, I want you to raise it one more time. I just want to see again with my eyes. Raise it up one more time. Let me hold it up. Hold it up. Hands all over the place. Okay. Now I want all of us to raise our hand. And raise the other one too. In an act of surrender. I want us all to pray. Father, Lord, you've seen these hands that were raised today. Lord, you know all about it. Lord, they said that they need a restart in their lives, a spiritual restart. Lord, you tell us in Acts chapter 2, verse 5, that a restart is necessary. And in Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, you tell us that a restart is possible, that what we're going through lasts only for a night, that, Lord, your anger only lasts for a moment, but your favor and your promises last forever. You are the God of a restart. And today, for those who raise their hands, I declare and I pray over them right now that today is their day to start over, to do their first works over again, to repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I made some messes. Some things, it wasn't my choice, it just happened, but I allowed it to mess my focus. God has given you a spiritual restart. Hallelujah. Glory to God.